Good morning, all, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of Course in Miracles original edition, published by the Course in Miracles Society. And you can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, or if you mouse over the link atop for online edition, you'll see the link to read A Course in Miracles OE. Also at that website, there's a tab entitled Lesson Sign Up, where you can subscribe to receive a daily excellent email containing both the lesson for the day as well as the day's reading from the text. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern. And today we continue our reading of Chapter 15, The Purpose, Time, with Section 3, Time and Eternity. We're also mindful of our lesson today, Section 165. Let not my mind deny the thought of God. Ordinarily, at the top of the hour, we would pause to take a few minutes to reflect on our lesson today under Fran's guidance. However, Fran will not be with us today. So should anyone like to volunteer to lead that reflection, when I call for it at the top of the hour, that would be most welcome. And by way of opening, oh, I have a really good one. A poem from Rumi. And if we can settle our minds on the idea of my mind, let not my mind deny the thought of God. This poem is quite welcome. Have you forgotten? You are the king's falcon. You are a ray of the beloved, a divine wonder. Stop acting so small. You are the universe in ecstatic motion. Let go of your mind and then be mindful. Close your ears and listen. Desire to know your own soul will end all other desires. When you lose all sense of self, the bonds of a thousand chains will vanish. The illumined life can happen now in the moments left. Die to your ego and become a true human being. But not my mind denies the thought of God. Amen. Okay, my friends. Here's our Oh, you're welcome, Judy. Here's our reading list this morning. Okay. Is that Judy? I I didn't catch who said I can read. It was Judy, Lori, I can read. Sorry for interrupting. Oh, excellent. Oh, no problem. Thanks, Judy. Our reading list is so far Lemoyne, Robin Marie, Donna, and Judy. Who else has joined us? Good morning, um, Jessica. Karen's here. Jessica and Karen. Karen. Jessica and Karen. All right. And mm-hmm. you both can read? Yep. Yeah. Oh, excellent. All righty. Let's see. Who's missing? I think Lemoyne fell off for a second. We'll see if he gets back on. We might rearrange the list. Um, Okay. 
So here we are in chapter 15, The Purpose of Time, section 3, Time and Eternity. Let me start by saying this section is so short and so total. It would be marvelous if we could use the reading list as it is to go through these six paragraphs and then reverse it to our room and get another paragraph different from the first. So we'll stair-step on the first reading, and then we'll go paragraph by paragraph on the second reading in different order. Okay? So the reading list is Wayne, Robin, Marie, Donna, Judy, Karen, and Jessica for the first time through. And I think Lemoyne might have dropped off accidentally, so we'll start with Robin Marie. In Section 3, Time and Eternity, beginning with Paragraph 16, the Atonement is in time, but not for time. Being in you, it is eternal. What holds remembrance of God cannot be bound by time. No more are you. For unless God is bound, you cannot be. An instant offered to the Holy Spirit is offered to God on your behalf. And in that instant, you will awaken gently in Him. In the blessed instant, you will let go all your past learning. And the Holy Spirit will quickly offer you the whole lesson. Peace. What can take time? when all the obstacles to learning it have been removed. Truth is so far beyond time that all of it happens at once. For as it was created one, so its oneness depends not on time at all. Um, Robin Marie. Chapter 15, The Purpose of Time, Section 3, Time and Eternity, 16. The atonement is in time, but not for time. Being in you, it is eternal. What holds remembrance of God cannot be bound by time. No more are you, for unless God is bound, you cannot be. An instant offered to the Holy Spirit is offered to God on your behalf. And in that instant, you will awaken gently in him. In the blessed instant, you will let go all your past learning. And the Holy Spirit will quickly offer you the whole lesson of peace. What can take time when all the obstacles to learning it have been removed? Truth is so far beyond time that all of it happens at once. For as it was created one, so its oneness depends not on time at all. 17. Do not be concerned with time and fear not the instant of holiness which will remove all fear. For the instant of peace is eternal because it is holy without fear. It will come, being the lesson God gives you through the teacher he has appointed to translate time into eternity. Blessed is God's teacher 
whose joy is it is to teach God's holy Son his holiness. His joy is not contained in time. His teaching is for you because his joy is yours. Through him, you stand before God's altar where he gently translates hell into heaven. For it is only in heaven that God would have you be. Thank you, Robin Marie. Let me just ask, uh, Lemoyne, are you connected by ways I don't recognize? That's me in there. Oh, thank you. I am so sorry I, I overlooked no, you. Fine. I didn't recognize. Okay, if you'd like to read. with the mute on the computer. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. 17. You want me to read 17? Please. Do not be concerned with time and fear not the instant of holiness which will remove all fear. For the instant of peace is eternal because it is holy without fear. It will come being the lesson God gives you through the teacher he has appointed to translate time into eternity. Blessed is God's teacher whose joy it is to teach God's holy son his holiness. His joy is not contained in time. His teaching is for you because his joy is yours. Through him you stand before God's altar where he gently translates hell into heaven. <coughs> for it is only in heaven that God would have you be. How long can it take to be where God would have you? For you are where you have forever been and will forever be. All that you have, you have forever. The blessed instant reaches out to encompass time as God extends himself to encompass you. You who have spent days, hours, even years in chaining your brothers to your egos, in an attempt to support it and uphold its weakness, do not perceive the source of strength. In the holy instant, you will unchain all your brothers and refuse to support either their weakness or your own. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Donna. Eighteen, how long can it take to be where God would have you? For you are where you have forever been and will forever be. All that you have, you have forever. The blessed instant reaches, the blessed instant reaches out to encompass time as God extends himself to encompass you. You who have spent days, hours, and even years in chaining your brother to your egos in an attempt to support it and uphold its weakness, do not perceive 
the source of strength. In the holy instant, you will unchain all your brothers and refuse to support either their weaknesses, weakness or your own. 19. You do not realize how much you have missed your brothers by seeing them as sources of ego support. As a result, they witness to the ego in your perception and seem to provide reasons for not letting it go. Yet, they are far stronger and much more compelling witnesses for the Holy Spirit. And they support his strength. It is therefore your choice whether they support the ego or the Holy Spirit in you. And you will know which you have chosen by their reactions. A son of God who has been released through the Holy Spirit in a brother, if the release is complete, is always recognized. He cannot be denied. As long as you remain uncertain, it can be only because you have not given complete release. And because of this, you have not given one single instant completely to the Holy Spirit. For when you have, you will be sure you have. You will be sure because the witness to him will speak so clearly of him that you will hear and understand. Yeah. I'll go ahead. I think I'm next. I'm sorry. Trouble with my mute button. Beg your pardon. Go ahead, Judy. (laughs) No dessert for two weeks. (laughs) You do not realize. You do not realize how much you have misused your brothers by seeing them as sources of ego support. As a result, they witness to the ego in your perception and seem to provide reasons for not letting it go. Yet they are far stronger and more compelling witnesses for the Holy Spirit, and they support his strength. It is, therefore, your choice whether they support the ego or the Holy Spirit in you. And you will know what you have chosen by their reactions. The Son of God who has been freed or released through the Holy Spirit in a brother, and if the freedom or release is complete, he is always recognized, is always recognized. (laughs) He cannot be denied. As long as you remain uncertain, it can only be, or it can be only because you have not given complete release, freedom, and because of this, you have not given one single instant completely to the Holy Spirit. For when you have, you will be sure you have. You will be sure because the witness to capital him 
will speak so clearly of Capital Hymn that you will hear and understand. Uh, thank you, Judy. And Karen. Uh, wasn't Judy supposed to also read 20? And if Well, we, that's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> that, did I miss something? I can do it. Go ahead, Judy. Uh, thank Go ahead. you. Thank you, Karen. I'm not used to such long paragraphs. You will doubt until... I'll read the last sentence again. For when you have, you will be sure you have. You will be sure because the witness to capital him will speak so clearly of capital him that you will hear and understand. You will doubt until you hear one witness whom you have wholly released through the Holy Spirit, and then you will doubt no more. The holy instant has not yet happened to you, yet it will, and you will recognize it with perfect certainty. No gift of God is recognized in any other way. You can practice the mechanics of the holy instant and, it, and will learn much from doing so, yet its shining and glittering brilliance, which will literally blind you to this world by its own vision, you cannot supply. And here it is, all in this instant, complete accomplished, and given wholly. Amen. Thanks for letting me read that. You bet. Thank you, Judy. And Karen. 20. You will doubt until you hear one witness whom you have wholly released through the Holy Spirit. And then you will doubt no more the holy instant has not yet happened to you, yet it will, and you will recognize it with perfect certainty. No gift of God is recognized in any other way. You can practice the mechanics of the holy instant, and you will learn much from doing so, yet its shining and glittering brilliance, which will literally blind you to this world, by its own vision, you cannot supply. And here it is, all in this instant, complete, accomplished, and wholly given, and given wholly. 21. Start now to practice your little part in separating out the holy instant. You will receive very specific instructions as you go along. To learn to separate out this single second and begin to experience it as timeless is to begin to experience yourself as not separate. Fear not that you will not be given help in this. God's teacher and his lesson will support your strength. It is only your weakness that will depart from you in this practice. For it is the practice of the power of God in you. Use it, but for one instant, and you will never deny it again. Who can deny 
the presence of what the universe bows to in appreciation and gladness. Before the recognition of the universe with witnesses to it, it, your doubts must disappear. Excuse me, let me read that again. Before the recognition of the universe which witnesses to it, your doubts must disappear. Thank you, Karen. And Jessica, if you'd take that last paragraph, please. And okay. I th- yeah, you know what? Jessica, take the last paragraph, and then we'll begin again with you reading the first one. Okay? okay. I think that way everybody will get yep. a different paragraph. Okay, 21. Start now to practice your little part in separating out the holy instant. You will receive very specific instructions as you go along. To learn to separate out this single second and begin to experience it as timeless is to begin to experience yourself as not separate. Fear not that you will not be given help in this. God's teacher and his lesson will support your strength. It is only your weakness that will depart from you in this practice, for it is the practice of the power of God in you. Use it but for one instant, and you will never deny it again. Who can deny the presence of what the universe bows to in appreciation and gladness? Before the recognition of the universe which witnesses to it, your doubts must disappear. And then we go up to paragraph 16. The atonement is in time, but not for time. Being in you, it is eternal. What holds remembrance of God cannot be bound by time. No more are you. For unless God is bound, you cannot be. An instant offered to the Holy Spirit is offered to God on your behalf. And in that instant, you will awaken gently in Him. In the blessed instant, you will let go all your past learning, and the Holy Spirit will quickly offer you the whole lesson of peace. What can take time when all the obstacles to learning it have been removed. Truth is so far beyond time that all of it happens at once. For as it was created one, so its oneness depends not in time at all. Thank you, Jessica. And Lemoyne, if you would read, let's see. Yeah, if you would read paragraph 17, please. No, that's not right. That's not right, because you would be reading the same paragraph again. I'm going to switch it over and turn to Karen. You guys have probably learned that ordering and and space things are not my forte, but um, I'm catching on with your forbearance. So yeah, Karen, if you'd read 17. 
Do not be concerned with time, and fear not the the instant of holiness, which will remove all fear. For the instant of peace is eternal, because it is holy without fear. It will come, being the lesson God gives you, through the teacher he has appointed, to translate time into eternity. Blessed is God's teacher, whose joy it is to teach God, God's holy son, his holiness. His joy is not contained in time. His teaching is for you because his joy is yours. Through him you stand before God's altar, where he gently translates hell into heaven. For it is only in heaven that God would have you be. Thank you, Karen. And Judy, if you would read 18, please. How long can it take to be where God would have you be? For you are where you have forever been and will forever be. All that you have, you have forever. The blessed instant reaches out to encompass time as God extends himself to encompass you. You who have spent days, hours, and even years in chaining your brothers to your ego in an attempt to support it and uphold its weakness, do not perceive the source of strength. In the holy instant, you will unchain all your brothers and refuse to support either their weakness or your own. Amen. Thank you, Judy. And Donna, 19, please. I'm thrilled to read it again, but I read it the first time. So if you want someone else to read it, I guess it would be Lemoyne, right? Oops, I can't hear. That works great, Donna, because you were right in the center, so uh, in the center you will remain. So we'll go from Judy to Robin Marie, Lemoyne, and Donna. So Robin Marie, if you'd like to read 19, please. 19. You do not realize how much you have misused your brothers by seeing them as sources of ego support. As a result, they witness to the ego in your perception and seem to provide reasons for not letting it go. Yet they are far stronger and much more compelling witnesses for the Holy Spirit, and they support his strength. It is therefore your choice whether they support the ego or the Holy Spirit in you, and you will know which you have chosen by their reactions. A son of God who has been released through the Holy Spirit in a brother, if the release is complete, is always recognized. He cannot be denied. As long as you remain uncertain, 
it can be only because you have not given complete release. And because of this, you have not given one single instant completely to the Holy Spirit. For when you have, you will be sure you have. You will be sure because the witness to him will speak so clearly of him that you will hear and understand. You will doubt until you hear, excuse me, you will doubt until you hear one witness whom you have wholly released through the Holy Spirit, and then you will doubt no more. The holy instant has not yet happened to you, yet it will, and you will recognize it with perfect certainty. No gift of God is recognized in any other way. You can practice the mechanics of the holy instant and will learn much from doing so. Yet its shining and glittering brilliance which will literally blind you to this world by its own vision. You cannot supply. And here it is. All in this instant complete, accomplished, and given holy. And Donna, if you'd like to complete with 21, please. 21. Start now to practice your little part in separating out the holy instant. You will receive very specific instructions as you go along to learn to separate out the single second and begin to experience it as timeless is to begin to experience yourself as not separate. Fear not that you will not be given help in this. God's teacher and his lesson will support your strength. It is only your weakness that will depart from you in this practice, for it is the practice of the power of God in you. Use it but for one instant, and you will never deny it again. Who can deny the presence of what the universe bows to in appreciation and gladness? Before the recognition of the universe, which witnesses to it, your doubt must disappear. Thank you, Donna. And thank you, everyone who read this morning. And I've noticed there are several people who joined us in our reading of Section 3, Time and Eternity. And um, as a nod uh, to you, if there's anyone who would like to read a particular paragraph again, um, in these paragraphs between 16 and 21, uh, we'd love to hear that. Anyone who's joined us who hasn't had a chance to read, Good morning. 
This is Mindy, and I'm scrolling there because I would love to read a paragraph. All right. Thank you, Mindy. <clears throat> scrolled right to 19, so that's the one I'll read. You do not realize how much you have misused your brothers by seeing them as sources of ego support. As a result, they witness to the ego in your perception and seem to provide reasons for not letting it go. Yet they are far stronger and much more compelling witnesses for the Holy Spirit. And they support his strength. It is therefore your choice whether they support the ego. I want to say that again. Let's say it in the first person. It is therefore my choice to whether I support Excuse me. It's therefore my choice whether they support the ego or the Holy Spirit in me. And I will know which I have chosen by their reactions. A son of God who has been released through the Holy Spirit in a brother, if the release is complete, is always recognized. He cannot be denied. As long as I remain uncertain, it can be only because I have not given complete release. And because of this, I have not given one single instant completely to the Holy Spirit. For when I have, I will be sure I have. I will be sure because the witness to him will speak so clearly of him that I will hear and understand. I am complete. Thank you. Thank you, Mindy. That was worth hearing again. And is there anyone else who's joined us, hasn't had a chance to read, that would like to pick one of these paragraphs between 16 and 21 for us to hear again? Okay, then. Um, as I mentioned before, the call started. Fran is not with us today to lead us in our lesson reflection. So um, in order to have a few moments with the lesson as well as this perfect section uh, that's synced up uh, so totally, I thought now would be a perfect place to pause and have our lesson reflection. And we have time to do it. Uh, completely. So is there a volunteer who would like to lead us this morning? Anyone at all who would like to lead us? Go ahead. Uh, It's Mindy. I would be happy to do that. Okay. Thanks, Mindy. We're in lesson 165. In all honesty, I wanted to read 20 again, but it was just one one sentence, and it goes right into the lesson, so I would just like to say that from our last Perfect. paragraph. Who can deny the presence of what the universe bows to in appreciation and gladness? <laughs> and that brings us to our lesson, which is 
Let my mind not deny the thought of God. And I will rephrase that in the terms once I scroll to it, what, the, what that was if I misquoted it. You cannot. There we are. Thank you. Let my mind. Excuse me. One more time. Let me just skip myself again. Ten seconds. Lesson one fifty-five. Let not my mind deny the thought of God. What makes this world seem real, except your own denial of the truth, which lies beyond? What but your thoughts of misery and death obscure the perfect happiness and the eternal life your Father wills for you? And what could hide what cannot be concealed except illusion? The thought of God created you. It left you not, nor have you ever been apart from it an instant. It belongs to you. By it, you live. It is your source of life, holding you one with it, and everything is one with you because it left you not. The thought of God protects you, cares for you, makes soft your resting place, and smooths your way. The thought of God has left you not and still abides with you. Who would deny his safety and peace, his joy, his healing, and his peace of mind, his quiet rest, his calm awakening, if he but recognized where they abide? Will he not instantly prepare to go where they are found, abandoning all else as worthless in comparison with them? And having found them, would he not make sure they stay with him and he remain with them? Deny not heaven. It is yours today, but for the asking. God is fair. Sureness is not required to receive what only your acceptance can bestow. Ask with desire. You need not be sure that you request the only thing you want. But when you have received, you will be sure you have the treasure you have always sought. Seeing with the eyes of Christ, your mind has come to lay aside denial, and accept the thought of God as its inheritance. Now is all doubting past, the journey's end made certain, and salvation given you. Practice today in hope, for hope indeed is justified. Your doubts are meaningless, for God is certain. And the thought of him is never absent. Let me say it again. The thought of God is certain, and the thought of him is never absent. Sureness must abide within you who are host to him. 
His sureness lies beyond our every doubt. His love remains beyond our every fear. The thought of him is still beyond all dreams and in our minds according to his will. Let us take a few minutes now and affirm and meditate on this lesson. Let not my mind deny the thought of God. Let not my mind deny the thought of God. Amen.
Amen. Thank you, Mindy. That was very complete and lovely. Hi, this is Yogi Chris. Just wanted to say hi. Sorry I overlapped someone. Oh, good morning, Chris. Good morning. I wanted to say that as I did that. Thank you, Chris. Um, at times, I substituted the word, the thought of God, which let not my mind deny the thought of good. <laughs> um, to me, God is all things work together for good to those that love the Lord. And, um, you know, God can be sometimes abstract, and I can't always get the real lofty feeling of that that grandeur and that, that oneness. So let not my mind deny the thought of good. <laughs> and, and it's like, yes, of course, God is good. He's the maker of all blessings. And um, let me not deny my oneness with my brothers and that all things do work together for good with my brothers. Um, noticing that the ego kept interfering in a partnership I formed with someone who stayed there for a few days, thinking that their needs and wants clashed with mine and that, oh, you know, I've got to do this for this person and that for this person and I can't do what I want to do. And I remembered that that is completely denying God and our oneness. And that let me, let me not think of us as separate, with separate needs, but let me think of us as one under the love of God with our needs being met and, and expressing God through our actions. And that as we are connected with God and one another, there's a natural flow of blessings flowing between us and harmony and the result that we're looking for whether it be a cleaned up house or money earned is really all the same it's it's to experience the joy of living and the blessings that god has given me and this is what we are all united in and as i let go of my thought of separateness and, and the ego putting its head in there and got back to a place of love and looking at my brother, I would say, I trust my brothers who are one with me. Then I would just feel this calmness and everything's all right. And I don't have to force any issues or agendas about what I want done. I'm just going to be present with my brother who is love and see what we desire to do because God's thought always points to the next best thing and to the love and the goodness that is present and a flow of energy that continues with everything we quote-unquote do. So that was my thinking today on let my mind not deny the thought of God and the oneness and love and goodness that we all share and that increases as we allow it to come through us. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Mindy. 
Thank you, Mindy. Hi, this is um, Yogi Chris. I'd like to share. I love the text reading and, of course, the lesson. Um, yeah, let not my mind deny the thought of God. I'm requesting that my mind accepts the thought of God um, in this lesson. And it entails accepting the love that I'm deserving of or, or worthy of. I don't like to use the word deserving, worthy of, especially if I'm being guided in something. Um, I, as I hold that guidance in mind, of course, resistance in the form of feelings and thoughts might uh, show up. And for me, is standing, I love what the unity uh, in, in Amesbury people used to do. They would come on the stage, on the platform, and say, I stand in the presence. Uh, to me, that meant uh, they're standing in their power, or they want their minds not to deny the power powerful thoughts of God um, or to accept them. I like to say instead of denying or not doing something, to do something. So accepting the thoughts of God. Um, and that takes sometimes standing for that. And when I stand for that, that means um, looking at any resistance for that power, i.e. inner resistance, thus outer resistance, and vice versa, outer resistance, um, that represents inner resistance. Um, I had something, an example of this, uh, that covers both the text and this lesson, um, I've been ex observing some symptoms within the body and with those symptoms came accompanying ways of looking and feeling about what I was witnessing, the physical manifestation of an inward condition, as Marianne Williamson in the Course would say. And so... One of the things that I have, have done to cure other symptoms um, is to do what I did, and that's to be present, to be an expression of awareness, love, and acceptance to whatever shows up in my heart and bring God's powerful appreciation, understanding, mending that that I once resisted and pushed down and pretended it wasn't there and resisted that and bring about that kind of presence within myself to the feelings that were presented. And, of course, letting them go, giving them over for forgiveness, 
giving them over for a more loving way to respond to what is showing up. So um, I did that. And of course, the, uh, the other alternative was to see a doctor and ask the doctor what he's seeing and um, the potential of that doctor sharing with me, it could be this, it could be that, it could be this, it could be that. Doctors have a role. As I say that, I'm saying that with a lot of care and compassion towards the medical field. Um, but they're not getting guidance for me. I'm getting guidance. Um, so I decided to stay with the mind and the healing of the mind and the release of guilt that was presented and coming through the other side. And of course, I shared it with a couple of loved ones and they suggested the doctor's route. Again, do I stand in what I'm being guided to do or do I say to God, I doubt what you're telling me to do. I'm going to go down this path. Very interesting what I just shared. Um, so I decided to do so and, of course, listen to my loved one's suggestion and kindly said, yes, you're saying this, 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 and this. However, my inner guidance is saying this, 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 and this. And I've done what my inner guidance have said, and I'm symptom-free from something. So today, I saw witness to that internal state that I, that I uh, decided to embrace and the guidance. And I'm celebrating now that I'm symptom-free. Of course, as I share this, some people would want to know what the symptom is, what the, but I don't need to share any bodily symptoms at this point and what it could have been. I like to just share what the symptoms of the ego are within and how I handled that or how God gave me the strength to handle that. Um, in correlation with that, what was symbolic for me is watching a video where a referee is putting up a card in soccer and noticing what she was witnessing and bringing up a card. Uh, and one of the players standed right in front of her, nose to nose. I don't think they t he touched her, but he was like a quarter of an inch from her nose, yelling at her, making eye contact with her. And she just stood her ground and stand, stood in her power. And of course, other, other friends of hers came to her assistance. And he, that player gave the same thing to the person that came in front of her to help her out. But can we, can we internally stand in that presence and, and which is that video to me was symbolic, stand in the presence and own our power and direction that God has given us to do, to say. 
I'm complete. Oh, what an excellent example that you described, Chris. Thank you. So inspiring. Yeah, thank, thank you, Chris. That, that was really helpful and very, very familiar uh, process and, and very encouraging to hear it from you. Thanks. This is Robin Marie. I had a question um, on our reading, the purpose of time, um, in paragraph 20, the holy instant has not yet happened to you. And I feel like I've had many holy instances, so I don't quite understand what instant <laughs> this book is talking about I feel like um, you know I feel like I do experience holy instance do you have an answer to that anybody well thanks Robin Marie and um, you make an excellent um, question and um, I'll defer to anyone else who would like to answer that for right now. Well, let me ask, Robin Marie, is this the first time you've read this book? Uh, no, but I, it's the first time that I've read with other people. And, it, and uh, if I were to go back in my life before I read this book, I had a lot of holy instants. So, I mean... As described, like like this, shining and glittering brilliance. <clears throat> yes, I've had those. Hi, this is Yogi Chris. I like to just quickly share on this. I know I don't want to spend too much time because there's many loving perspectives of this. Um, to me, the holy instant is devoid of doubt. It's certain and it's confident in love. So if I read something and I experience doubt within myself, why is that? So for me, my immediate response to any doubt that comes in is to embrace it with love and acceptance because that doubt could cloud my mind from the holy instant if I let it. I'm going to keep it simple. I'm complete. <laughs> well, uh, I'm good. I don't. I, I don't think that answered my question. But thanks, Yogi Chris. Uh, I believe the holy instant has happened to me already many times. Does anybody else have an answer for that? 
Mm-hmm. I, I'd like to take a take a um, mm-hmm. uh, time to explain what my increased awareness of it is. It's it's something that everybody experiences all the time, but is is unaware of it. Um, that we're constantly living um, in communion with God, but we superimpose um, egoic thinking upon it. We clutter our minds. Uh, with the busyness of the world, with objects outside of ourself and our seeking. And, um, and we give importance to things other than the thought and awareness of being one with God. And I think, you know, the, 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 no, the knowing of the holy instant um, is one thing, and that we can be, know the holy instant in any given instant. The text makes that clear. But to sustain and maintain the effects of it that um, the, the lesson describes, the, the, the knowingness, the knowing, living awareness of being in the mind of God and seeing everything through the eyes of holiness without, without any judgment whatsoever, without seeing any, anything wrong, seeing things as perfect, and, and knowing, knowingly being love, not thinking about it, but knowingly being it without a thought. And that is, to me, sustaining and maintaining myself in one holy rolling instant after another. And everything shines in the light. And I'm going to back up a little bit because what I wanted to share about the lesson, I think, makes my point more clear that... Um, the thought of God is un- unity, the unity of the state of grace to me, that I'm not thinking, Judy's not thinking. She's just open and welcoming and, and everything that I perceive. So I'm available. I'm totally available to everything that's given, that all of life that's given, and I'm welcoming it. I'm listening and seeing. And it's a fidelity after practicing the lessons. And thank you, Mindy, for the lesson today because you reminded me of it, of what I thought when I was reflecting upon it. It, it takes me back to God's strength um, that I depend upon. I know who created me. I know how he created me. I understand it. I knowingly understand it, that I live and breathe and exist in the presence of God and all his creation is his gift to me, that my wholeness and completion lies in that. My strength comes from God. The light with which I see and my fidelity to seeing through God's eyes, seeing my fidelity through vision, that God is the light with which I see. He projects through me, and I would see, see everything through Christ's eyes without judgment. Without judgment, forgiveness is not necessary because I accept everything as what it is, as a part of the big plan, God's plan, for everyone to come home, that everyone is equal to and with me and for me on this journey, and that I'm to join with it and share with it the return to heaven, that I'm in heaven and I know it. 
So I'm going to share it, my joy and my freedom. My freedom for being me and being mistaken and being wrong and being hurtful and all the bad things that I've ever done, I've accepted and forgiven myself so that when I see it in others, I can lovingly understand that this is what we do when we know not what we do. Until we know better, then we do better. And so with that tenderness and gentleness and softening of my heart, I'm welcome and and I'm aware and I'm available and present to my curriculum today. What more would you have me learn about me today? Am I mirroring the goodness in people and looking and seeking God to witness to the Christ in me, or am I looking still to point fingers and blame and shame and judgment and condemning? And, and you know, that, that paragraph that we read three times about witnessing to the body and its faults and its errors and its mistakes, that's easy to see. What takes practice is seeing the Holy Spirit in one another. But that comes from inside me first. As I think I am, I will look out and see. That's pure perception. That's direct perception. That's vision. Fidelity to vision. And maintaining it and sustaining it is the brilliance and the glimmering where God is always on the horizon of my mind. Amen. I'm complete. <laughs> Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. This is Jessica. Um, I just want to throw in a thought I have about your question, Robin Marie. Um, <clears throat> I think that, um, well, one thing in that paragraph that I think is very I mean, he he describes the holy instant, and one of the things he says is, it's shining and glittering brilliance, which will literally blind you to this world by its own vision. So um, that's a pretty uh, strong, strong, you know, uh, to to literally not be able to see the world because of its brilliance is pretty significant. But but I, I wanted to just step away from the personal part because I could talk about my own experiences and what they are and whether they are defined by holy instant or revelation or something else and say that it's conceivable to me that part of what he was doing here is talking to Helen um, because obviously there are times early in the book when that's what he's doing, talking to Helen, and, uh, oops, all of a sudden I can't remember the other guy's name. (laughs) Um, Anyway, uh, it's possible that when he says uh, that you, let's see, uh, you haven't yet experienced it, that you know, he can't be talking to all 8 billion people in the world because clearly there are people in this world who have experienced the holy instant and experience it a lot. So so that's what I'm thinking about. I'm complete. Thank you, Jessica. That was lifting. Thank you, um, all of you. 
Yeah. I'm going to go face my day now. <laughs> Lift it up. Thanks. Thanks, Robert Marie. And I hope you have a beautiful day, hon. Thank you for your question. Yeah, thanks, Robin Marie. Thank you, Robin Marie. <clears throat> this is Donna. And um interesting from the lesson today, um the word brilliance has been coming to me and then when Jessica mentioned the brilliance I thought perhaps this is where my individual prayer would fit and from the light I got from the lesson being um, read and meditated on today I got what I'm calling at this point a poem and I just get these things that come through my pen And I titled this one, I am one because God is. I am certain I am God's love. I am ever thoughtful of God and God's thought of me. God said, it is so. God in my existence in him is God's will. I am his thought, his thoughts. I am his thought. His thoughts forever remain with God himself. I am there now. This is my desire, my will, my reality to recall. There are doubts and dreams, but dreams have no reality, no existence, never were. The mortal human existence is just a dream. I must let the Holy Spirit guide me to wake me from the belief in the dream to realize God's brilliance of which I am a part of in God himself. I ask, let me, let the Holy Spirit wake me to my brilliance in accordance to God's design. Amen. I am complete. Amen. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Donna. Very self-empowering. I just want to say I would like to dedicate this to my wonderful, magnificent mother and also a friend who I walked with as one. Uh, They are yet remain with me. I am complete. Beautiful. Thank you, Donna. And I I think that's the point. You know, um, there's an interesting, very interesting feature of this reading, Time and Eternity, uh, that I think is really worthy. to point out that feature being for the first two paragraphs actually the first three paragraphs he describes uh, the holy instant in terms of its great significance 
to my mind in terms of my relationship to my creator. Now this blessed instant, I stand at the, at the end, at the altar, the instant of peace, the instant of holiness, the instant of heaven. Um, and where you are is where you will always be. All of that describes the relationship of the Son to the Father. But then, in 19, he starts to bring in something interesting uh, in his discussion of this relationship that we share. That interesting feature being the same relationship we share with the Father, we share with our brothers. In other words, it's a two-dimensional relationship. This relationship of unity, my mind with my father and my mind with my brothers. And it becomes, I think, really important for me to realize that this relationship that we share with God is shared horizontally on a horizontal axis axis with all of creation. If you go back and read the Principles of Miracles, the first chapter, the first section, Principles of Miracles, you'll see over and over that same idea reflected. There's the vertical relationship that Revelation brings, the holy instant of revelation of my unity with my Father. But there is also a horizontal axis that he describes as miracles or the expression, the expression of this relationship. So remember back in Lesson 159, I give the miracles I have received. Over and over and over again in this section on um, the purpose of time, in the holy instant, purpose of time being to bring me to that instant of recognition, that instant of recognition of the relationship of the Son to the Father and the relationship of the Sonship to the Son. Revelation is the vertical axis. Miracles are the holy instants that we share with our brothers on the horizontal axis. He's bringing all of that into this discussion of time and eternity. There's a couple other places that are really cool um, when he talks about eternity and timelessness and time. That interval given to us to recognize this relationship of unity and all that it contains. It's in his discussion in chapter 12 of Principles of Miracles and in chapter 14, Guide to Miracles. Um, in other words, the atonement is such a complete package deal. <laughs> it's a complete package deal that clarifies in one holy instant the whole idea of peace being a recognition of the will of God, the love of God, and the peace of God, which is shared dynamically from the mind of the Father through the Holy Spirit and dynamically in relationship to all creation 
horizontally in terms of miracles. It's a complete package. And that's what makes forgiveness, the practice of forgiveness, so critical to this Course in Miracles. Because every time I lift the condemnation I've laid upon the world, every time I'm willing to have my blinders removed, every time I'm willing to be shown the truth of this situation, there is a consequent miracle that clarifies my relationship to creation as one of unity, brotherhood, love, sonship, connectedness, communication. And over and over and over in this section, time and, and the purpose of time and time and eternity, he's clarifying for me what can be communicated dynamically from the mind of the Father to the mind of the Son and through the Holy Spirit to all creation. It's a multi-dimensional thing, this atonement. It's multi-dimensional in its sharing of innocence, of purity, of love, connection, relationship, and the recognition there was never anything ever that needed to be forgiven. And so, yes, we can have many, many holy instances of recognition of the relationship that we have with Source. But he wants me to realize that this relationship is a shared and universal relationship with creation. I can't exclude anyone or anything from my love. Because if I do, I will lose awareness of this dynamic relationship of communication with creation. So time and eternity, uh, time being that interval where I can give my full attention to truth as it's given to me by the Father, not as my version, but as it's revealed to me and in that revelation, it's shared by my reactions to creation. This is a dynamic thing, atonement. It's not a once and done. I used to think it was. I really did. I used to think, oh, I've accepted atonement for myself. I understand now. I've been corrected. I had it all upside down. But it's not like that. The relationship of of the Father to the Son in creation is dynamic, ongoing, and shared, and involves a special function, a special part, a place where only you, only I can serve. And we're here to find that thing, that place, that special function, that way of expressing, that way of making Oh my goodness, well, I'm going to go off on stuff. But um, um, what I wanted to say is that the holy instant is dynamic. And there can be many, many, many holy instants, but they all feature one thing. The unity of relationship between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That dynamic giving and receiving of communication that we call love, but is 
is um, much more, much more than the narrow definition that the ego gave to it. Um, as I open my hands to receive, I think I wanted to say that about the lesson. Um, you need not know, he said, you need not know your one single desire. Don't worry about it. You do have one, and I'll tell it to you. But approach it with hands open to receive rather than um, a limitation or a narrow definition of what it is you want. Because what you want is beyond anything you can imagine. So come with hands open to receive and recognize that what you're asking to receive is the truth of this dynamic relationship that exists between the Father and the Son in communication with all of creation. No way can my mind, um, my mind cannot generate a list of characteristics of what that is. And if I try, I will limit God's giving. So come with open hands, realizing that you do not know, and let all your past go. And he'll tell you. And yeah, you're right, Chris. It's always featured, always um, clear, understandable, and absolutely certain, without a doubt. A doubt that I... Yeah, a certainty that my mind could never, ever, ever in a bazillion years have generated for myself. We have to ask and receive. And when receiving, we give. And that's how we reach out of time to eternity and complete. No, thank you, Lori. That was really wonderful. So helpful. This section is absolutely amazing. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Isn't his use of language incredible? Um, it is incredible. It's like unbelievable. <laughs> um, yeah. I wanted to to uh, say something about paragraph 19, uh, which is in and of itself so amazing. Um, I love how he starts out the paragraph with, you do not realize how much you have misused your brothers by seeing them as sources of ego support. As a result, they witness to the ego in your perception and seem to provide reasons for not letting it go. So it's like two sides of the coin. You know, the one side of the coin is that uh, if we're using our brothers to like, oh, yeah, well, that person is, you know, being nasty, so, uh, or I'm perceiving that, it's a self-perpetuating cycle that I'm misusing them as a source of ego support, and then they very easily... Uh, give me that, you know, so that I can keep keep believing in it. As a result, they witness to the ego in your perception and seem to provide reasons for not letting it go. 
And then he says, yet they are far stronger and much more compelling witnesses for the Holy Spirit. So that is a, a beautiful, I mean, like you said, his use of language in that sentence, and, you know, as it follows the previous one, yet they are far stronger and much more compelling witnesses for the Holy Spirit. So here I have these other, you know, supposedly other, our brother, my brothers that I think are there to bolster the idea that I, the ego needs to be strong and exist. And instead, what they are is compelling witnesses to the Holy Spirit. And, and I'm just like not even noticing that. And... Um, and they support his strength. It is therefore your choice whether they support the ego or the Holy Spirit in you. And you will know which you have chosen by their reactions. We, 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 you know, he says this in more, in numerous other places because um, we will know. Wait, it was in my head a second ago. Where else? Uh, what else? He, how else he says that? But you guys probably know what I mean. You know, you can tell by how people respond or how they are. I can tell how they are around me, how I'm seeing them. <laughs> because if I see them as witnesses to the Holy Spirit, that's how they show up, and they they show, and then they become even more so, more clearly so. A son of God who has been released through the Holy Spirit and a brother, if the release is complete, is always recognized. Now, that's an interesting sentence because he's saying that if I release my brother through the Holy Spirit, if the release is complete, that son of God brother is always recognized. And I wonder if he means just that I recognize him as that or if I think he means everyone does because the next sentence is he cannot be denied so that means that if I totally release a brother as you know not being a support for my ego but being a a witness to the Holy Spirit then everyone will see that person the, the way I'm seeing it's like if you're healed you're not healed alone it's just all so holistically complete and self-supporting truth. The truth, only truth is true, and it keeps supporting itself. I hope I'm making sense. Thank you. You're making total sense. Um, it's really difficult to put into words, and uh, and he does it. Um in a way that invites me to follow his line of thinking. And um, and I never realized in this section, Time and Eternity, what's really on offer here uh, until it was maybe two years ago, maybe just a year ago. Um, I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit say so clearly, you will know what you are in the light of your brother's awareness. And, uh, and and that those were the words that I was given, and I needed to sit with that 
for some spell of time before I realized uh, in a discerning way he's telling me exactly the truth of these paragraphs 19 and 20. And I recalled there's a time or there's a place in the Course where he says, you have no image. There is nothing that can represent you. I think it's in Review Lesson 58 or 59 or 60. Uh, but the Son of God has no image. I think of myself as a person in a body, but the truth of me has no image. But when I recognize the truth of me is the truth of you and you and you and you, I come to realize how miracles restore me to my true self, my capital S self. You know, there's several places in the Course where he says, if you had looked within, here's a good one, if you had looked within, you would have seen me and all your brothers. The awareness that we all contain each other in this unity. We belong to each other in this unity. We are part of something so magnificent, so total, so true, so absolute, so filled with light and brilliance. We are because we're all contained in the mind of God. Each of us an idea in the mind of God that in its the sum of its totality he says is beyond anything uh, this world could ever imagine all of all of that he wants me to have as a package deal in the atonement and recognize that it's a dynamic relationship of recognition recognition where the clouds are lifted away as a consequence of my willingness to see truly and every single time I see truly I'm returned to the awareness of belonging to each other and God um, and over time for me it was over time I recognized the truth of what he said. You need miracles now. You need miracles now in order to experience this dynamic relationship of love. You need forgiveness to let miracles sparkle in your mind to recognize that you and your brother are part, aspects, features, facets of this one loving relationship and because it is one loving relationship your Christ self is what stands out as a feature we all share in individuality as well as unity you need miracles now um, and after, after he told me that you know what you are in the light of your brother's awareness I started looking for that and that's what he calls the witnesses your brother is a witness to truth much more than a witness to the ego but if you manifest your truth your brother will recognize his own truth if you manifest ego 
your brother will see ego and return ego you see that's why we give the miracles we have received that's why Christ's vision is the source of all miracles seeing truly is that invitation for both of us to approach the altar together and realize the truth of shared holiness it is a dynamic expression of atonement I'm complete this is Donna what Laurie and Jessica were able to clarify for me is it is difficult to put into words until I guess you let the Holy Spirit do your thinking but I I've always considered myself a tumbleweed because that's the way my life was I had nothing to do with it I was tumbled around from here to there and everywhere but it always worked out now I I realize I can see I see consider myself a wanderer and I that's what my days are of course I have appointments and things to do but I rise up and I wander around and maybe I'll do something in the house or not but I go away and I I I I meet people how do I meet them I may only pass them I may have encounters with them but this is what I was made to realize this morning I never meet a stranger that's my actual experience I have no reference I smile at someone I have no reference <clears throat> if I speak to someone I have no reference I had an encounter which is graphic a description the other day in the grocery store I drove by my car and there was this guy getting in his car and I don't know some little thing happened and he he made a he pokes fun at me he made fun of my he did it beautifully I'm sorry I can't remember what he said but when I parked the car I was just it just gave me great joy I had no reference but it gave me great joy and as I get out of my car I had this sense that I was about six years old and I got out of my car I put my arms on my hips and I said you're being mean to me just like a six-year-old would say it and it's so funny we both laughed and I he told me it's like I'm standing there in a parking lot of the grocery store this man told me his entire life including that what what he did his work and I I and I, I have these experiences all the time they have no there's no judgment there's no that's what's missing when you meet someone and you know them you know them it's so extraordinary to me uh, and that and until you until they they trigger or you trigger something in yourself that they remind you something from the past then you might or might I might write a story on them but turns out seldom do I ever write a story I walk away uh, and I'm and I'm going to uh, uh, Lori mentioned the word love and about there's love and then there's love and when she was speaking that I uh, a hymn came to me the only place I found it is in a Christian science hymnal I'm going to read the first line it's breathtaking I walk with love 
along the way. And oh, it is a holy day. No more I suffer cruel fear. I feel God's presence with me here. The joy that none can take away is mine. I walk with love today. If that ain't what the individuals who come to this course are doing, then my name is George. Or, or should I be saying? Well, anyway, you know what? I'm, I am complete. <laughs> oh, that was just <laughs> great, Donna. That was wonderful. That. Beautiful. I'd yeah. like to hear you sing it, but I won't ask you to because some people don't like to sing. <laughs> I would love to sing that first line. May I? Oh, well, I'm yes, going to. Please. You ask, and I will give it. <clears throat> Me and God were just alike. <clears throat> I walk with love along the way. And oh, it is a holy day. No more I suffer cruel fear. I feel, feel God's presence with me here. The joy that none can take away is mine. I walk with love today. Isn't that a beautiful melody? Whew, hallelujah. Wow. I'm so glad I asked you that. So wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful voice, too. Thank you, Donna. Thank you. I've just been blessed. Thank you. <laughs> uh-huh. I love the way we lift each other up. You know what, guys? I, I think we should close this recording. And I had so many places. But uh, together we've made it clear that this is the correct one. It's from Lesson 169. Uh, we'll get to it at the end of this week. Oh, boy, howdy. Just a couple of paragraphs. Um, I want to preface. I want to preface this lesson. It's one sixty-nine. By grace I live. By grace I am released. By grace I give. By grace I will release. Preface it with this comment: When full realization and certainty comes, you'll find throughout all the holy literature you can read that it is so much more than words can convey that even even the mind who gives this to us says when revelation of your oneness comes it will be known and fully understood there's no need to further clarify what no one in the world can understand but this oneness this constant state this truth of unity with the mind of God is a given that must be accepted um, because it's beyond features that we can describe so there is no need to further clarify what no one in the world can understand when revelation of your oneness comes it will be known and fully understood 
Now we have work to do. For those in time can speak of things beyond and listen to words which explain what is to come is past already. Yet what meaning can the words convey to those who count the hours still and rise and work and go to sleep by them? Suffice it then that you have work to do to play your part. The ending must remain obscure to you until your part is done. It does not matter. For your part is still what all the rest depends on. As you take the role assigned to you, salvation comes a little nearer each uncertain heart that does not beat as yet in tune with God. Forgiveness is the central theme which runs through salvation, holding all its parts in meaningful relationships. Of course, it runs directed and its outcome sure. And so now we ask for grace. Experience that grace provides will end in time, for grace foreshadows heaven yet, does not replace the thought of time, but for a little while. The interval suffices. It is here that miracles are laid to be returned by you from the holy instance you receive through grace in your experience to all who see the light that lingers on your face. We have work to do. Let not my mind deny the thought of God. Amen. Thank you all. Um, It's a perfect joining every time we call and come together and read these words. Um, Its perfection should not be overlooked. Thank you, everyone.